Thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. And here's your host, Chris Sabalero. Well, ladies and gentlemen, once again, it's time for the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. I have got to tell you, I am so excited to be here with you today. But give me a day when I'm not excited to be here with you. I mean, you wouldn't be listening to me if I wasn't excited to be with you. And I appreciate the opportunity to join you on your professional development journey. Now, one of the things that we've got to think about here is that we are always trying to do better. I mean, that's why you're listening to the show, right? Let me get a little tidbit, Chris. You know, tell me how I can advance my professional career. Tell me how I can grow as a person. And we try to bring some really great guests that will allow you to kind of take those little bit of tidbits, right? It's not about the information I give you, and hopefully it's entertaining. Hopefully it's knowledgeable, but I want you to be able to take some of that information and put it into practice, be able to utilize it and really kind of take yourself to that next level where we're going to kind of go off script a little bit. And and instead of talking about personal and professional development, let's go ahead and talk about your health. You know, in this time of COVID, it has been so crazy. You know, as a paramedic, I I pay attention a lot to what's going on in healthcare, and I I do a lot of research when it comes to, you know, things that are happening with the pandemic or things that are happening in the medical field so I can stay up on it as best I can so I can be the best advocate possible for my career field. And one of the things that I notice is that people aren't going to the doctor as much as they used to. People aren't going to the hospital when they need to. People aren't really taking care of themselves as best that they can. Now, remember, if you're on a path to develop personally, if you're on a path to develop professionally, you really have to be able to develop yourself and be the best version of yourself possible. And that means taking care of your health. And a lot of times we're easy to push that to the wayside. Well, today, have I got a guest for you? He is Dr. Nick Barnes. He is a doctor of chiropractic medicine, and he is my friend. And he is going to come in here and he is going to help us to understand how best we can take care of ourselves. Nick, I want to thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast. Man, it's great to be on here. I'm, I'm super excited. Um, you know, one of the things that I've noticed just in our, in our culture and in, in this time right now is that uh, for people who are pushing in professionally, uh, whether it's relationally, uh, financially, uh, corporately, um, or when it comes to our physical health, uh, there's been a magnifying glass right now uh, on with over the last, I would say, 12 to 18 months. And um, some people have have sunk in this time uh, when it comes to their health, unfortunately. Some people have really invested more time and energy and finances into their health because they realize this is a wake-up call. And maybe they've created more financial uh, freedom to do that. Maybe it's created more time to do that, especially with high C-level people or people who are, are, are climbing the corporate ladder. And it's been, uh, I've seen more positive uh, than actually negative this time. And so that's that's a huge blessing. So thanks so much for having me on. No, it's my pleasure. And I think you and I have the opportunity to chat. And, uh, you know, when we think about this, it's easy for us to say, oh, I'm not going to worry about my knee. It's easy for us to say, you know, I'm not going to take my blood pressure because I know that it's high. And if I take it, then I have to really kind of deal with it. But I I do want to be able to touch on this because you're really a a master at holistic medicine, right? It's the whole person. I mean, you just don't treat the ailments. You kind of treat people, uh, you know, as as the temple, right? You want to make sure that they're the best version of themselves. And you really have, you know, five areas that we're going to touch on. But one of the things that I want to get out of the way first is that there's a lot of people that have this uh, misconception about chiropractic medicine. 
right? So maybe just give us kind of the, you know, you, you hear people say, well, you know, it's really the muscles that are causing the problem. It's not the bones, you know, the muscles are pulling the bones out of place. And if I don't blah, 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 right? So yeah, just give them yeah. a little bit of snapshot. What's the biggest misconception about chiropractic medicine? Uh, I think the biggest, the biggest misconception with chiropractic is that uh, it's only good for pain or car accident cases. It's, it's, it's a, it's an add-on or it's a, it's a luxury to our health. Um, and, and I think the truth is, and the fact is, uh, research proves that it's actually vital for our health, that the brain is what controls everything and our spine protects our central nervous system in order for us to breathe, for our, our body to digest food, for our hormones to be balanced, for our body to respond to the stress environment that we're in is that the brain controls everything and the spine allows those signals to get from the brain to the body 100%. And, you know, Chris, I come from a medical family. So, you know, you, you got nurses, you got medical doctors, family, friends. And so I grew up thinking, hey, if, if you feel bad, just take a pill or, hey, just ignore it or just fight through it. And it was it was my personal experience with chiropractic that actually got me into chiropractic. And um, so I was where a lot of those people are of like, I don't really get it. I don't understand it. I don't believe in it because no one's ever never one of my family's ever been exposed to it. And then understanding what it truly was and seeing it change my health forever. And still to this day is how I got into it. I think that's really a great place to come from, right? I mean, you have that foundation that really kind of gets you in that direction. And I tell you, I mean, I was one of those people, Nick, I was one of those people who said chiropractic medicine, that's kind of crazy. That's kind of voodoo. That's kind of witchcraft. Right. And then I yeah, went to yeah. see a chiropractor in Florida and she just kind of gave me an evaluation and she just, she just basically touched my body and told me things that, uh, you know, about myself, like my jaw was out of line. And she said, you know, you sleep like this with your head, you know, with your arm on your you know your head on your shoulder don't you and i yeah, said yeah. well yes i do and you know it was really kind of uh interesting that she was able to yeah. read me and yeah. tell me things about my you know how i was living my life which i thought was kind of interesting but uh i guess yeah. that's neither here nor there but it's almost like magic you know yeah yeah i, I think the thing is that we we value what the body tells us whether it's good or bad um i think that's kind of where we've lost our way both as individuals and as a current healthcare system is that we just don't listen to our body enough and we don't give it credit enough to one heal, but also tell us if something's wrong. Um, and I think that's one of the issues in our culture we've, we've gotten away from is just listen to the body, trust in the body. But as a doctor of chiropractic and even for our patients, we just instill that the best doctors are already inside of them. If we listen to the body and, and support the body and remove interferences, the body's going to do what we want it to do, which is heal. And of course, over time, feel amazing. You know, and it's one of the things too, when you talk about, listen, I think that's a great way to put it. We need to listen to our bodies. And a lot of times it could be just, you know, uh, tired. We could be tired. We could yeah. be depressed. Yeah. You know, we could be having, you know, all that stress that's building up in us. And we have to remember that these will, you know, these conditions will actually lead to, to bigger healthcare problems. And I think that mm -hmm. people don't really take that into consideration, but you know, do you have a feel Nick for, you know, why are people not taking care of themselves? Is it just easier to forget that they think, you know, they're <laughs> indestructible. I mean, I mean, what's the right. secret there to put people back on track to say, you know, I got to do a better job at this. Well, sometimes we look for, we overcomplicate the answer. Um, I, I will tell you, it comes down to human nature. And uh, what I see for, uh, for majority of cases of patients that come into our clinic, uh, there's a few reasons, a few reasons why we've lost our health as individuals in a society. Uh, one is that we expect our, our, our health, we expect it to look good and feel good and be healthy. And we expect it to come 
comfortably, we expect it to come conveniently, and we expect it to come in, in some cheap way. And it's just, what I mean financially, it's just not going to happen, right? I, I would love to look great and feel amazing and have the health and uh, an abundant life and be convenient all the time. I would love that. I would love to be comfortable all the time and not have to work out hard or, you know, do all my spinal rehab or, you know, eat kale smoothies. That's not fun. I'll be honest with you. It's not fun. I, I would love to not to invest all this money and time into my health as an individual, as a family member and get amazing results, but just, just not going to happen. Right. And then I would say secondly to that is there's, there's three categories where one is that we, we don't take responsibility for our health because we're not taught to, um, you know, most of us grew up in a home where if you look bad or feel bad, it's your genetics or your age. Those, those are what we literally, literally blame our problems on. Um, two is we don't even know what health is. We have no idea what, what health truly means. And then three, and I think this is, once again, comes down to human nature, is we don't really take action. Um, and I'm a rise and grind type of guy. I'm, I'm sure you are. We're drivers. We're leaders. We just expect a continuous, a continuous and never-ending improvement type of guys, right? Both mentally and physically. But what's interesting is that we me included, we sometimes use that as an excuse to let our health go to the wayside. And what I'll say is that we can't serve anybody, a corporation, our families, our friends, our relationships, our whatever it is, our church at 100% if we're living life in a dim state when it comes to our health. It's just not going to work. And so it's, it's very easy in our culture to be like everybody else and say, well, I'll just wait till things get really bad or until my insurance cover until I, or until they come out with this magic pill potion or lotion is going to heal me. But the reality is I think we're relying on human nature to allow us to make excuses. Once again, cheap, comfortable, convenient. And secondly, is that we blame our problems on our parents or our, genet- or, or our age. We don't know what health is. And I think the worst thing is we don't take action. That's the worst thing is not, not taking action. Yeah, I think you bring that into a nice little uh, present there and wrap that up really well. <laughs> One of the other things that I think is we've become a very, very uh, uh, a drive-through society, right? And you know, oh, we yeah. want the championship belt, but we don't want to do the the, the road work, right? And, and that's oh, one yeah. of the things is we want everything now, which is really kind of the challenge. But Nick, you're here because you're going to talk about five areas of health that we should really focus on. It was really interesting as I got this from you, uh, how you put this into uh, uh, perspective. We're going to talk about your nighttime routine and bedtime and preparing for tomorrow. Why, why is that at the top of the list? <laughs> yeah. So I'll tell you, you know, I, I, I always thought that morning routine, you hear about the power hour in the morning or the first 15 minutes of the day, or how do you, how do you prepare for your day? Yes, that's absolutely true. But I actually think you win the next day, the night before, uh, both mentally and physically. Uh, if you're going to work out in the morning, which hopefully you all do first thing in the morning, it's the best time to work out because all of your good hormones are, are, are working for you. All the bad hom- hormones are are dormant. Um, and so if you're going to work out in the morning, what should you do the night before? You should lay out your workout clothes. I know it sounds very simple, but most people don't do it. I tell you, if you're half asleep in the morning, it's way easier to have your clothes already picked out. Also, what are you putting in your body the, for the last two hours of the day? It should only be water. It should be room temperature, lukewarm water. And you should be going to bed with it's at least about a 16 ounce glass of room temperature water next to your bed. Uh, and then thirdly is, are you setting that alarm in the morning? Just one alarm, not not snoozes alarms, right? Not nine different alarms, but one alarm in the morning. And are you telling yourself, are you going to wake up before that alarm? Are we actually saying I'm going to wake up before four or before five or before six, whatever that wake up time is for you. Um, and then are you, are you keeping your technology away from your bed? I mean, that's, that's huge. I mean, the tech, research is showing now that your phone should be more than six feet away from you in bed to reduce EMS or electro, electromagnetic fields that are affecting our brain. And so 
Um, are, are we, are you preparing for the next day? And, and lastly, this is more of a mindset or, or prep or, or goal uh, setting is, you know, are you journaling the night before what's on your mind, get it out, whether it's emotions or whether it's like, I got three things to do tomorrow. I, I need to knock these out, write those down. Um, and having that journal and pen next to your bed, because we've all had those midnight, <laughs> those midnight wake up calls or the 3 a.m. wake up calls where something gets you out of a dream and you're like, I got to write that down. And so I would say that we win our day the night before. Um, and also on top of that, lastly, when it comes to the bedtime routine is, is being, I call it being horizontal by 10, 10 PM. The reason is, is that our melatonin production in our brain uh, spikes between nine and 10 o'clock um, as adults. And if we miss that window, going to that 11 or 12 o'clock window, we are missing that first, that first cycle of melatonin production. So we don't want to miss that. And lastly, is that our hormones rebalance and reboot and get restabilized between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. That is the highest level, uh, level, level of time in the night where our hormones reboot. Um, so if we miss any of that time, we're missing a significant portion of healing um, and health. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in there. I got to tell you, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. maybe I'll maybe I'll go with the 16 ounce glasses of water, room temperature water. But I'm hitting snooze a couple times before I get out of bed. <laughs> I'll say, but you know, it's one of the things. You know, you talk about having your stuff ready to go. I mean, it really is. When we uh -huh. think about this habit loop, right? And it's really the cue. I mean, the cue is to wake us up in the morning. You know, you say, "Are we going to wake up before that?" I got to tell you, my eyes open all the time before that alarm is ready to go off. Uh, yeah. But then my routine is: I get out of bed, I brush my teeth, I wash my face. You know, fluid exchange in the restroom and then I start my car and that gives me 15 minutes to get my clothes on you know I get everything done before I get out the door to get to the gym right and then you know the routine uh, is really what gives you the the sets you up for that benefit so there was a lot of things there I think that was really easy to unpack you know you bring you bring up journaling too and that's really going to be helpful not only for your you know for your uh, uh, next day you know I've had those thoughts of classes that I should write or, or articles yeah. I should write in the middle of the night it just pops pops into your head, which is really kind of awesome. But the other thing does is it helps you to reflect on your day as well. Why did yeah. I feel that way? How did I react the way that I did? You know, how do I, and, and it's those type of things that, uh, you know, you get that education from that you're able to grow from as well. Oh, absolutely. And I, I think if we don't unpack that, whether good or bad or indifferent, you know, the proverbial rug gets bigger than things that we just shove underneath there and that's just going to explode or the closet that we keep jamming things in right that's just going to explode into the hallway and so i think it's it's super healthy from a leadership perspective and just from a individual mindset perspective um and i, I love that like just the routine factor that you're talking about that's awesome because and this is one of the things i've been studying too is like how can you better describe routine like you just did because you got your routine down and, and what i've noticed and what's really resonated with me is is what what kind of sequencing do you have, right? You just laid out like five, six or seven things that you do. That's all about sequencing, right? Like if you brush your teeth before your shower, when you're usually not doing that, that can throw somebody, it would throw me off my sequencing, right? And I think if some people don't have that morning routine or let's say evening routine, what's that sequencing look like? And, and, and really jot that down. Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. And I talk about the power of habit all the time. And one of the things I say is, what part of your body do you dry first in the shower when you're done? That's As right. we started to, right? It's, but let's go ahead and move on to number two. Yeah, it is. Number two, you're talking about spinal hygiene. I mean, what the heck is yeah. that about? I mean, how do I take care of my spine? Yeah, so we talk about mobility in our shoulders and joints. And we look for, you know, some people look for quality, you know, squat routine and 
uh, we, we try to, there's all these workouts and absolutely should be working out and getting full range of motion mobility. But I think we've lost the principle of, of mobilizing our spinal column. Um, we get into this computer posture and we stay there all the time. And so mobilizing our spine with certain stretches to be doing first thing in the morning, certain stretches to do, be doing before bedtime. This is part of your sequencing and your power of habit that you're going to be implementing is starting to move your joints. Even if in the shower, you're doing specific things for your cervical spine or your neck, if you're just inducing range of motion. Why? Because there's 26 different bones in your spine and there's a disc space between each bone. And those disc spaces need to hydrate and hydration happens with movement. And so not just going out and running or exercising, but actually moving the joints in your spine by mobility exercises and stretching and trying to push the limit on that and make it part of your routine and your habit um, is to do that. And of course, there's something called nerve flossing that occurs. So it's not just you're moving your bones and your disc spacing, but if you're elongating your spine, both in a flexion going forward or extension position, what happens is that there's something called nerve flossing where the spinal cord literally is releasing tension and the nerves that come out of the spine are being released tension, therefore allowing the signals from the brain to get the body closer to 100%. And lastly, is that the more we move our spine, there's something called spinal fluid, uh, a cerebral spinal fluid. And the more fluid there is in, around our brain, it's traveling down our spinal cord and all the way back up, the more nourishment our nervous system gets. And, and obviously we know that's kind of important for thought process, so. Yeah, and as you mentioned, everything we do is done through electrical signal, right? We touch things, it goes to our brain. You know, we look at things, it has to go through our brain so we can decipher. I mean, it happens in split seconds, but we've got to be able to make certain that everything that's happening, you know, inside our biology, inside our physiology is really kind of uh, as best that it could be. And, and, you know, it sounds very simple. But again, you know, one of the things that I did is, is uh, I stepped on the scale one day at 280 pounds. I'm five foot nine. No way I should be 280 pounds. I did throw the scale out the window and uh, I got a, I got a new scale now. So it only cost me a new scale. But but one of the things that I noticed as I was gaining weight during this time of pandemic, I'm not getting out, is my range of motion. I wasn't able to bring my, you know, my head as back far as I used to. I wasn't, uh, I was in pain every time I turned and, and it was really my, uh, my, um, you know, not being as mobile as I can, uh, as I could, and being very sedentary, that was causing my body to really kind of, uh, you know, kick me in the side to say, this is what you get. Number three, let's go to clean eating. I don't know that I'm going to like this one, Nick, uh, be easy on me. Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things that comes to clean eating. I think I think the biggest issue because there's so much, so many different diets out there that actually could work for you. Um, there's a simple like more calories out more calories in depending on the goals you have. But I think the biggest thing that that impacts people who are looking to for more personal development on a, on a health scale and a professional scale is, is detaching emotion with food. I think this is something that's completely overlooked um, in, 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 in adulthood is saying, well, if you're sad or tired or stressed or anxious, don't tie that to the food choices you make. I think that can take years for people to, to do because that's how we were raised, right? Where if you if you hit a home run, you get a, you get an ice cream shake, right? Um, if, if if you're sad or depressed, you drink or eat more. You know, it's it's just one of those things. And so I think clean eating is understanding what you're putting in your body, but more importantly, not what you're putting in your body, but when and why you're putting in your body is more important. Uh, we are never looking for perfection when it comes to nutrition and clean eating, but we want progress in the choices that we make. And so if we're able to eat or drink and detach an emotion from it, 
man, I tell you what, we just make better choices. We just make way better choices and we put ourselves in positions for better options. And maybe sometimes we don't, but we're not saying I'm eating this something bad because I'm sad and different or anxious. Like it, we just can't go to that level. So we have to have conscious eating. And, and I think one of the things that I'd like to throw in for people who are in the professional world is, is intermittent fasting. If you guys haven't looked into intermittent fasting, I mean, this is something that is absolutely essential for people who are high achievers or people who are at a moderate level of achievers. It's great for your health and it's great for your time and it's great for your prep. And um, it, it just creates a whole new level of healing in the body. And so there's so many different ways to do intermittent fasting. And that's one of the things that I like about it is that it creates more time and it takes less money. I mean, it's, and you get better results. And so I, I, I just love that. Um, and so those are a couple of things that I would say about cleaning and what the things you can do. Yeah. Give us a little breakdown about that intermittent fasting. I've heard so much about it. I've never really done it. So, I mean, how yeah. does that work? Kind of break it down for us. Yeah. Some people may be doing it, not don't even know it. They're not even conscious about it, but there's, there's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can do a 16, eight model, which means 16 hours of, of no eating, eight hours of eating. You can do an 18, six, which pushes a little bit more 18 hours of eating. I'm sorry, 18 hours of not eating and six hours of, of eating. Or you can do 20 hour fasts or 24 hour fasts. Some people are doing even 36 hour fasts. Now, those are a little bit more extreme cases, but for the average person, um, many people who are on the go in the morning, they may not want be hungry for breakfast. And so if you're not hungry for breakfast, you're already going to be fasting from dinner to lunchtime sometime, right? So that's anywhere from 16 to 18 hour fast. Um, and so much happens at, around the 18 hour fast as your insulin levels start to normalize more, your metabolism actually increases. And and so there's different ways to apply this. For me personally, uh, Monday Monday through Friday, I'm, I'm fasting till about one o'clock um, every day. And then Saturday and Sunday, I actually flip-flop that. So I actually eat a breakfast, a big breakfast, moderate lunch, and I fast dinner. Um, and some days during the week, depending on the month, um, I'm doing a 24-hour fast, 36-hour fast, depending on workload. Now, how do I determine for me is one, I've been doing it for over two years, so it's a little bit different. But you can determine with, if you have a really busy schedule, um, then you should actually should be eating less because your body should be focused on the work you're putting in, not digesting food. Um, and, and then two, with your sleep patterns, you can always tweak it with your sleep patterns as well. So, and one of the things I think we should bring up is if you're interested in doing these things, always consult with your physician, make sure you're in the best of health and, uh, you know, yeah. we're just kind of giving some advice, but your physician is the one or your chiro doctor of chiropractic will be the one to kind of help you in those, uh, you know, set those things up. But let's talk about movement. I, I kind of mentioned it earlier, right? I, I was kind of sedentary. Yeah. I wasn't doing, I, I was doing exactly what you were saying, sitting in front yeah. of the computer. My, my shoulders are sloped forward on the keyboards and uh, it caused me some challenges. So let's talk about daily movement. Yeah. I, I mean, we got to move every day. I, my, my goal is, and for every patient is you got to sweat every day. Um, and it should be from brushing your teeth or peeling an orange, but you should be sweating every day from intentional exercise uh, and getting and moving out for at least 40 to 60 minutes at a time uh, of at least moderate exercise. Why 45 to 40 to 60 minutes? Because research shows that if you're engaging your quads or your, your legs uh, for 40 to 60 minutes at a time, it actually fires positive signals and hormones to your frontal lobe, meaning your brain, um, which allows you to make better choices. You actually become happier and more clear thinking. Um, so it's not about just having a six pack. Um, it's about getting your heart rate up. It's about getting your lungs opened up. And it's about brain health and hormone balancing. Um, and the biggest thing about movement, it should be done. I, I, any movement is good, but first thing in the morning is the most ideal. As I said earlier, uh, our cortisol level, our stress, stress hormone is the lowest. 
and our, our, our testosterone, our HGH, our, our fat burning, our happy hormones are always the highest in the morning. Um, and so it's a great place to start your day. You know, when you talk about those quads, moving those quads, that's the largest muscle in the body, right? And I think that people yeah. forget that unless you're moving your legs, uh, you're really not uh, doing a lot of movement. And yeah. Uh, yeah. the last one is one that, uh, you know, I'm trying to do more of and I don't really like it. I mean, I'm, I'm putting a lot of additives, <laughs> a lot of additives in my bottles here, but hydration, how important is hydration and what is oh, the man. number? What is the number yeah. that you hear so many different yeah. things? I know. I, I, you know, I, I think right now I'm, I'm, I'm doing a challenge where I'm drinking a gallon a day, but um, I think the, the most sustained amount of, of pure water that we should be consuming on, on, on a daily basis is half of our body weight in ounces of water per day. So if I weigh 200 pounds, I'm drinking 100 ounces a day. That is my target. Do I fall short sometimes? Yes. Uh, will you fall short sometimes? Most likely. But that's if we don't have a target, we don't have a blueprint, right? So we gotta we gotta at least have that number in our head and try to focus on that. And room temperature water is going to be the best. Um, it's going to be easier to die, easier to digest. It's less of a shock to our system, um, and and making sure it's, it's making sure that it's just part of our our life um, is drinking water, pure water. It's so important. I mean, for every organ system to function in our body, you've heard over 60 to 70% of our body is water. So we should be drinking water. And a lot of our problems in our country, uh, you know, are caused by dehydration, chronic dehydration. And a lot of poor food decisions come from dehydration, right? Um, and so that's just one of the things that we could do. And, and many times it's, of course, free unless you're getting filtered or bottled water, of course. And that, that's what I love is I'm going to be the most effective and efficient with my time and my money. Well, drinking more water is the answer. So. And it's one of those things that we often neglect. And, and, uh, you know, as a paramedic, I'll often tell people, you know, when I shake their hand, you know, especially if they're people I know, you can see that because you know what to look for as you grab somebody's hand to say, yeah. you know, drink a little bit more water, you're dehydrated. And it's one of the things that really kind of compounds other issues that are happening inside your body. And uh, you yeah. think about high blood pressure, you know, you think about the diabetes, you know, you think about some of those conditions that hydration is really super important. You know, doc, I got to tell you, I mean, you know, I can't believe that we're really up on our time, but you gave us five really good tips of how we can kind of take care of ourselves and ensure that we're kind of moving ourselves in the right direction. But, uh, you know, you've, uh, you know, you've been working in this area for a long time. You've got a, you've got a talk show of your own. You've got a website, let people know how they can find your show. Let people know how they can get to your website. And if they want to get in touch with you, what's the best way they can do that? Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, so, yeah, we're located in, in Rock Hill, the corner of Manchester, McKnight, if you're familiar with St. Louis. And if you're out of the, out of the state, uh, listen, there's other offices we can get you plugged into. Our website is, is uh, drnickbarnes.com, drnickbarnes.com. Um, you can find actually a link to our podcast. We have so many complimentary resources when it comes to recipes and even PDFs on things like intermittent fasting. Um, you can reach my team and myself directly. Uh, through the website. So that is the best place to go. Once again, drnickbarns.com, drnickbarns.com. If you want to call us or text us, um, the number is 314-942-8608. And I want to thank you once again for uh, coming on the show. And you got to promise, I mean, you got to come back on a regular basis so we can kind of hear some of these things that we are not paying attention to, Doc. And uh, it was really kind of a great show to visit with you. Thanks so much. Appreciate you.
And for everybody out there, I mean, again, we talk about leadership things, professional development, personal development, but what about your health? What about that tempo you carry around that you have to be able to take better care of? I mean, when you start to feel good about yourself, it's not just mentally, but it has to be physically as well. I want to thank my guest, Dr. Nick Barnes, for joining us. For everybody out there, I want to thank you for joining us on the Ultimate Leadership Podcast, and I look forward to visiting with everyone again real soon. Thank you for joining us. The Ultimate Leadership Podcast is a production of chrissubalero.com. You can interact with us by email at ultimateleadership16 at gmail.com. All rights reserved.